Emergency services. Please, you gotta help me. There's this weird guy. Ma'am. Please. Ma'am, call us when you're dead. What the fuck? Welcome back, callers, to another episode of Call Us When You're Dead. I'm Keith. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we are covering the case of Larissa Schuster. Right. So it's not to be confused with Will Schuster from Glee. That's not, like, they didn't get that name from Glee, and, you know, she's not any relation to that. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, Will's wife. No. God, oh, God, no. No, you do not want this person to be your wife. Just kidding. We all know Will's wife was Miss Pillsbury. Miss Pillsbury. Did you know that she was on uh, the movie Not Another Superhero Movie? No, I did not. Yeah, I watched part of it and I was like, oh my god, I know this movie. <laughs> it's Mrs. Pillsbury! Mrs. Pillsbury! <laughs> I know her! <laughs> uh, do you have anything going on with you today, Ryan? Oh, no, nothing special. We did We did go to the, uh, the drive-in last night. That yeah. was fun. Yeah, we did. We went to go see Barbie, and that actually was a really good movie. It's different. It's different. Uh, America Ferrera deserves a reward award. Yes, America Ferrera did amazing. Yeah, she gives one of the best monologues of what it is like to be a woman, <laughs> and it sent chills down my spine. Where I was like, "Damn, those writers did a good job writing that one out." Right, right. What What about you? Anything new going on? I started training for my new position, and that's been exciting. Yeah? My schedule this week is kind of mixed up, but sooner or later it will be back to normal. Right, and have a constant, steady, you-know-what-you're-working-for schedule. Right, this week it's not anything like that. It's, you're going in at noon, now you're coming in at 9, now you're in at 6.30. Have fun. Right, right, that time Surprise. just keeps reversing backwards more and more. Uh... You know what isn't reversing for some people, though? Oh, boy. That that was a... Yeah. I know the answer is our callers. <laughs> it is our callers. <laughs> Last week was the same way. I have such a weird transition to it. I just don't know how to get to it. <laughs> We're working on it. Oh, before we get to it, though. Oh, okay. Before we get to our callers, we need to talk about what happened in the news this past week. Okay. What part of the news do you want to talk about? We need to talk about the Long Island serial killer being caught. Ooh, okay. Because that happened the day after we recorded last week. Yeah. So, the Long Island serial killer was caught. Uh, They've been able to connect him to at least five victims. They know for a fact, though, that he has done a bunch more. Uh, They're just now trying to get the evidence from his home because they found trophies. That was the latest update today is that there was trophies in his home. Yeah. That I mean, I'm not I'm not saying people go be a serial killer, but if you're going to be a serial killer, don't collect trophies. Right. And well, what makes it worse is like the wife didn't know, the kids didn't know. He was doing it. He was very much like Israel Keys in a way of how he was doing things. Yeah, yeah. So fuck that guy. He's fuck been caught. Guy. I don't even remember his name, and I don't care. So now here's the good transition of, do you know who we don't want to be ending up trophies? Oh, our callers. That is a good transition. Yeah. Yay. So we have Becky G. We have Cheryl M. And Kelly S. Thank you guys so much for being callers. We wouldn't know how to do this each and every week without you. All right, Ryan, do you want to get us started on this episode? Sure can. 
So to, as we mentioned, we are going to be covering the case of Lar- Larissa Schuster. Yes. No relation to the Will Schuster from Glee. Correct. So, yeah, let's get into it, jump into that trusty time machine, and head back to the birth of a monster and see how this story plays out. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the time machine at all times. Call us when you're dead. Cannot be responsible for any lost limbs. Larissa was born on January 1st, 1960, and grew up on a farm in Clarence, Missouri. She would go on to attend the University of Missouri, studying biochemistry. Ooh, so we got a smart one. Yeah, she is very smart. While working for a nursing home, Larissa would end up meeting her soon-to-be husband, Timothy Schuster. He was also attending nursing school. I feel like you, biochemistry, I... I barely understood chemistry. I don't think I could do biochemistry. <laughs> I don't even know if I know what biochemistry is. Is that the breaking down of compounds? Well, bio is biological. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> or biology. Okay. Well, and mix it with chemistry. Okay, well, that's going to play... Put a little pin in that one, because that's going <laughs> to play into it later on. Only 22 years later, and the couple decided to marry in 1982... They would end up having two children, a daughter, Kristen, in 1985, and a son, Tyler, in 1990. I feel like 22 years is kind of a long time to wait to marry. No. Oh, I think I screwed up the timeline here. I don't know why I thought 22 years. I went to the date of her birth when I wrote this. (laughs) You did. So she was 22 years old when she got married. Married, yes. My bad. Which, uh, I don't know. Is Is that late in the early 80s? I feel like that's kind of late in the early 80s, don't, back then. No, I think that might have been... No, you might be right. Yeah, pretty late. I think typically 18 or 19, you were expected to be married. Right, right. Kind of know what you were doing and popping off the children. <laughs> in 1989, a year before the birth of their son, they would pack it all up and move to Fresno, California. This is where Larissa would end up taking a job working at an agriculture research lab. Damn, that sounds fancy, too. Mm-hmm. Being so smart, she ends up opening her own laboratory, Central California Research Labs. Ooh, that sounds official. Right, that sounds super official. CCRL. <laughs> Thank you for calling CCRL. How may I help you? <laughs> By 2000, the family is so well off that Larissa decides decided she wanted the family to then move into a larger home. I mean... It, I mean, if you have the means and you're able to do it, why not? So again, she would pack up all of their belongings and she'd move move them to Clovis, California. Now, I know you're going to ask, so I did the research. Where Clovis is? Right. And it was only 10 minutes that they moved to, or 10 miles away from where they moved. So Fresno is a very big city. Clovis just happens to be... uh, On the outskirts. On the outskirts, smaller more tight-knit community. Okay, okay. That makes sense. So, nothing crazy. It was more of a get-out-of-the-hustle-and-bustle-of-a-big-town and and move to a smaller one. Makes sense. Timothy, because his wife was so well-off and doing so good, decided he would then become a stay-at-home dad. Now, yes, he did have a job, but his main job is a stay-at-home dad. I mean, it's a job. Right. Someone needed to be home with the kids and take care of the house while Larissa was working sometimes up to 14 hours a day inside the lab, ignoring her responsibilities at home and even her own marriage. Um, to me, it just sounds like Larissa loved her job. She did absolutely love her job. She is a monster, but she did love her job. 
you know, but when you have a family and you've done things like that, you have to at some point like put your job on the back burner and go, this is my also my family. I can't just be gone all the time. Right, right. That makes sense, yeah. It didn't even take a full year, though, after they moved, that the marriage was falling apart. However, it wasn't Timothy who was going to file for divorce. No, it was Larissa. In February of 2002, Larissa files. This would not go over well for either one of them, and the fight was now on for the custody of their son, Tyler, along with splitting their assets. So, I looked up a side fact about this, because I they talked about it in uh, Deadly Wives, and then I heard it somewhere else, so I wanted to look it up again. When you are in California, some states don't care what you had prior to marriage. Everything when you divorce has to be split 50-50. California is one of those states. Unless you have an agreement, um, an agreement can be made prior to the divorce or during the divorce. And your prenuptials. Or a prenup was signed. But if neither was done or it can't be reached, everything is 50-50. Okay, so... This week, you wrote the episode. Yes, I did. Okay. Was there a reason, like, you put the custody of their son along with splitting their assets? Is the daughter out of the picture, or...? So, I don't really know what happened. You'll hear again from the daughter at the very end, and so that's why I put her in this. Uh, And the reason why I added Tyler is what we're going to talk about next as to why he plays a role into what's going on. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Okay. So, Larissa, like you asked, Larissa would end up getting primary custody for Tyler. This would allow her to keep the main house because she now has full custody of the son, causing Timothy to move himself and what half of the house he was allowed in the divorce to a condo in August of 2002. However, Larissa is not pleased with losing half of her belongings to Timothy. She would call him and harass him about things he had taken from the house. Larissa is clearly the breadwinner. Yes, she is clearly the breadwinner. And everything was split 50-50. Right. Did she also have to pay Timothy uh, spousal support? No. No, there was not spousal support that because he also was well off in the job that he had. He just didn't have to be there as often as what she did. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Okay. While at work, Larissa had even told her friend and co-worker, Terry Lopez, quote, Well, I want my husband dead. You don't understand. I could do it and get away with it. End quote. She even asked Terry if she would be willing to, to rent a few things and put them in her name. A shed being one of those things, so she could put her belongings in them because she didn't want Timothy getting any more of her stuff. Which is highly illegal. Right. So asset hiding. So let's let's explain this to the callers. She asked Terry. Um, um you're gonna be Terry for me, okay? Yeah, yeah. Hi, hey. I'm Terry. Hi, I'm Terry. Hi, I'm Larissa. I'm a bitch. Hi, I'm Terry. Okay. Hey Terry. Hey, hey Larissa. Hey, so I don't want that scumbag Timothy getting any more of my stuff. So I'm gonna need you to go rent me one of those U Haul sheds. But I need you to put it in your name. Oh, so the government can't find it and make you give it to your husband? Right. I just, uh, I'm trying to protect myself. Oh, it's highly illegal, but I'm sure I'll probably do it because I might be dumb. 
Yeah, you're dumb. You're going to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she does end up doing that. <laughs> she she even asked if she'd be willing to rent a forklift for her so she could easily move the, the stuff around in the shed once she had gotten in there. I mean, got to move all those big couches and shit. Right. Uh, and Terry, being the good friend, said sure and let Larissa know where they would be at. This is when Larissa goes to her lab assistant, James Fagon. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't matter either. Oh, okay. And convinces him that she just wants her things back from Timothy and that she would be forever grateful if he would just help break into Timothy's house and steal some of her stuff back that he had taken from her. Right. Isn't that fucked? I mean, it's really, really stupid because if if Larissa is as well off as what's being appeared. Right. He only got half of the things uh, of materialistic things. Right. Go buy new shit. Right. And now, mind you, when she has gone to Terry, they have divorced at this point. When she's wanting the shed and all of that. So, like, the split has happened. But she is now trying to claim that Timothy is coming into her house and stealing things from her. And now she is going to James and saying, hey... We're going to go, I need you to come steal this stuff back for me. Jesus. Because he's already stolen it from me, and she convinces James to do this. Just sounds like a shit show. It was a shit show. Which James agrees to do. He goes in and he helps take things like mixing bowls and small items out of Timothy's house. I just stole the top half of the toothbrush for you. (laughs) I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy, however, was not stupid and knew that someone had been in his house And he had even gotten calls, like we said before, from his now ex-wife. He would then go and tell his co-workers about it, that he was starting to become concerned as to what she might do next. She had already broken into the house once, but but with no actual proof, it was with... I just mixed up what I was trying to say there. Right. But with no actual proof, it was her, the cops wouldn't do much about it. All he had was her calling and, well, being kind of a dick to him. Which, it's not illegal, it's just rude. Right, and I wish I knew how to find the clips of the 911, not 911 calls, but, like, the calls, because they're out there, and they're fucking wild. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Does that mean Timothy started recording? Well, no, she was leaving him voicemails. Oh. Like, fuck you, you motherfucker. I'm coming back and I'm getting my my shit and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was crazy. This would all change for the cops on July 10th, 2003, when Tim, who, as his friend and family said, was never late for anything, he was actually always the first one to arrive and the last to leave, doesn't show up for a breakfast meeting with coworkers to talk about severance pay that was going to happen on the job he'd been working. Right. The company that he worked for was being bought out, and they were giving severance pay to all of the employees for the buyout. And Timothy is supposed to be showing up to this breakfast meeting. Like, this is an important meeting for him to be at. He had never missed anything like this before. He was always the one that was always there. He would not have missed, especially this meeting, of right. all meetings, to talk about his severance and what he was going to do with his future. And then, to top it off, later he was supposed to pick up Tyler, and he never showed up. And this is a kid that he's raised for years, he's loved on, even was the stay-at-home dad to raise. So, he's just not going to not show up. 
So the cops, knowing that Larissa was crazy with a capital C, started to ask questions. However, with nothing solid to back up what they were asking her, they didn't charge her at the time. They even asked her about the cell phone calls that Timothy had been getting from her, and her response was, I must have speed speed dialed butt dialed him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, can you say that with speed dial, butt dial? Speed dial, butt dial? hmm When the cops asked to see her phone, she simply said, I don't have it on me. My butt ate it. Right. Causing the detective to go look into her car. Once they got to her car, there was her phone. So they asked her to re-perform this little trick that she happened, that had happened on the day they believed Timothy had gone missing. I feel like you have something to say. <laughs> Callers, I just want you to picture this. She's probably in an interrogation room, and the officer's like, redo the speed dial butt dial. I'm just picturing this bitch twerking on a phone in the chair. <laughs> and the, yeah, and then the, then the police officer hits the tape, and she's just twerking away. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. <sighs> yeah, as well, to no one's shock, she was not able to do this, and she actually like kept playing on her phone the whole time, texting a certain somebody. The cops end up leaving Larissa alone for an hour to see if she will do anything, and like most evil snakes, she does. She starts to change settings and sitting on her phone so she can recreate what she had told them had happened on accident. <laughs> Is there a setting to, um, like, ass dial, butt dial? Right. Oh, if I twerk on my phone, it calls it it calls my mom. Right. Well, she setting. at first <laughs> says something of, oh, uh, Timothy's number got changed to Tyler because, you know, they're both T's, and that's why it wasn't happening before, and, but... Why would you be calling your son and being like, listen here, motherfucker, I'm going to come over and get my goddamn bowls. Or I'm just picturing in the setting, you know, there's a fucking, I don't know, Siri was a thing. But it's like, she's twerking on the phone. Hey, Siri, text Timothy, motherfucker, bitch, some bitch, asshole. (laughs) Yeah, it just accidentally (laughs) happened just like that. Right. Yeah, oopsie poopsie. (laughs) All right. So, do you know where you go when your ex-husband is a missing person? No. Well, I can tell you uh, where you shouldn't go. Which is? Disney World. and (laughs) The happiest place on earth. (laughs) And then back to Missouri to visit family and lay low for a while. If you did something terrible, you might need to, like, decompose and go to Disney World. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Disney is the first place that I want to (laughs) go to decompress. (laughs) Uh, so the police in Clovis got wind of all of this and decided it was time to start poking around and ask some more questions. Which they, you should. You you should, yes. This is when they find Larissa's new best friend, James. Call back to James the... Forgon. Yes. Uh, yes. Who once, he realized, was busted for being involved, decided it was time to sing and sing he did. He told them everything the cops needed to hear and some. Mm-hmm. So at first, remember back when I was telling you about her texting? Yeah, yeah. In the cop station? She's texting him. And they originally questioned him that same day. Ooh. And he doesn't say a fucking word. It's just like, I don't know the guy, don't know anything about it. Well, when Larissa decides she's going to go on a little vacation with her son and go see her family, he's decided it's now time to talk. Goodness. Don't trust nobody. 
James tells the police on the night of July 9th, they went over to Timothy's house to take more stuff. Timothy, who was now so scared of his ex-wife, opened the front door with a shotgun, asking who was there. (laughs) Could you imagine being so terrified with somebody, you bring a gun to the front door? Right. And being like, bitch, I know it might be you. James tells Timothy he needs help causing Timothy to walk out of the door for a moment, trying to find out what's going on. You look like you got something to ask. Well, does Timothy know James? No. Or does Timothy think James is just a random stranger who needs help? Timothy truly thinks James is just a random-ass stranger. Oh, man. This is when Larissa and James both use a stun gun on Timothy, and to make sure he's fully knocked out, Larissa covered his mouth with chloroform. Oh, man. They then took Timothy's unconscious body and placed him inside a 55-gallon barrel. Larissa then took bottle after bottle of hydrochloric acid and started to pour it all over his body to dissolve it. Gross. Right. Remember that shed? Oh, yeah, yeah, And that forklift? Oh, yeah. They were all needed to move Timothy's body. To store and move the body? Right. So she used the forklift, picked it up at Timothy's house, picked the barrel up, moved him in the barrel to the shed, and then left the forklift there and covered his body with all of her belongings after she dumped the acid on him. Jeez. So, Larissa, who who we said had taken her vacation to Disney and was jumping the next red-eye out of town to go back and visit her family, was very shocked when she got off the plane in St. Louis to see that it was not her family waiting for her, but the cops themselves, who had far more questions. And with that, that will bring us into the trial time. Trial time. Trial time. So, Ryan, would you like to get us started on this? Sure. We are going to first cover the trial of a singing songbird, Named James Fagown. He was charged with first-degree murder as well as kidnapping. His trial started November of 2006. His defense was that Larissa was the mastermind of Timothy's murder, and that he only acted as an an accessory to murder after the fact under duress. Which it's it's believable because she was his boss. Right, she was his boss, and she was kind of a psychopath. (laughs) He even said that Larissa had threatened his life. Defense testimony came from James's friend's co-workers and even Larissa's friend, Terry Lopez. Remember remember Terry? Right. Hi, I'm Terry. Hi, I'm Terry, and I'm going to buy you things just because you asked me. (laughs) All said that Larissa was a very controlling and forceful person. However, James had already confessed to the crime, which he had unsuccessfully tried to recant. No takesies, backsies, people. Right. At this point, the judge was like, no, you can't take this one back. Because I think they were relying on his confession to get her. Makes sense. Jurors were shown the video of James' police interrogation, where he is shown saying, quote, I held the barrel for her, put him in, poured all the solution, and she, like, couldn't stand it. So she said, put it on, the lid on. So I helped her put the lid on. And she put it in the shed. End quote. In the end, James was acquitted of kidnapping. However, he was found guilty of first-degree murder. And even though the jury asked for leniency, 
the judge overruled them and sentenced him to life without the possibility of parole. Yeah, and I, I don't feel bad for him on that. I do not either. So that will bring us to the number one asshole of this whole case. Boy, does she live up to that title during her trial. Her trial would not start until October 22nd of 2007 due to the publicity around this case. She, of course, had been dubbed the acid lady in the papers. Which, (laughs) what, what? (laughs) All sorts of hippies are like, yeah, man, I'd love to hang out with her. (laughs) You know they fucking were. You know, and I'm not for monikers, but like if it's fitting, that's right, a right. little fitting. Prosecutors had alleged to the jury that Larissa had attempted to solicit Timothy's murder before, believing that she could get away with it. They also played graphic and berating phone messages from Larissa to Timothy that Timothy had saved on his answering machine. Prosecutors would also state that Larissa had access to all the chemicals used in the murder trial, being that she was a biochemist in a research lab. Although her accomplice James did not testify in Larissa's trial, Larissa decided to take the witness stand in her own defense. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. That's the dumbest thing you can ever do. Shouldn't do that. Her attorney admitted that she had made a series of bad decisions, but that she was not guilty of the crimes alleged against her. So, just wanting to interject on that one. Right. So, obviously, criminals want to take the stand to tell their story. Right. Which is, I mean... You're right. You you're have right, right to, to tell them. But you got to realize, as soon as you go on the stand to represent yourself as the defense, the prosecution gets to interrogate the shit out of you, and they will tear you apart. Right. Because that's what they're supposed to do. So, that's why many defense attorneys do not want their person on the stand, because... Yeah, they want him on the stand so they can try to explain it, but they don't want him on the stand for their cross-examination. Right, because now you're opening a can of worms that maybe the defense has put a wall up for. Right. That now you you don't have that. On the stand, Larissa testifies how she had no knowledge of the murder and that James had actually killed Timothy. So what she said to the jury, because I didn't go into more detail at this point, I just figured I'd remember it when we talk about it. Okay. She says that she had told James that her and Timothy were having issues and that they had divorced and she just didn't like Timothy. Well, that James, out of love for her, went and killed him and then came to Larissa and said that she stated that James had told her, quote, There had been an accident and Tim is dead. Right. I And she says, I thought he was joking, end quote. So... She's clearly crazy. Absolutely. She she alleges that he she went over and she just had to help dispose of the body. Why would you have to go over and help dispose of the body? I mean, if if you were as shocked and this was being done for you out of love from James, yeah, why would you be helping with the body? I'd be like, oh my God, there's my husband's body, 911. Right, there's my ex-husband. Like, you're crazy as fuck. Like, yeah, he was my crazy asshole that I had to deal with, but you didn't get the right to go murder him. Right. Instead, it's, oh, shoot, darn, oh, here, I hope you clean up. Right. She did, however, admit to moving Timothy's body. When confronted over the phone messages on the answering machine, she said, quote, It is something I'm really ashamed about. You have to realize that is something a result of many accumulative things. End quote. So she was trying to just say, I got crazy one day and I just called (laughs) 300 million times. They have a lot 
a, when I say a lot, a lot of phone messages. So so it wasn't from her accidentally twerking on the phone. No. Speed, speed dial butt, butt call. No, but she hit speed dial butt call the day that he went missing. <laughs> and that's where they first, you know, get the whole idea of like, you called him that day. Goodness. And she's the ex-wife, so... <laughs> She also maintained that the reason for the large amount of chemicals at her laboratory were not to be used for the murder, but for wholesale cleaning of items at the lab. <laughs> you know, like you do. Right, right. I just got that 55-gallon drum for no reason, and the hydrochloric acid that will melt things when we use it to clean, I also got that just for cleaning. Right, right. I got that 55-gallon drum to take clean my tweezers in my petri dish Mm -hmm. (laughs) however with all of her storytelling the jury didn't care she was found guilty of first-degree murder with the special circumstance of financial gain on may 16 2008 larissa was sentenced to life without parole so i know some of you may be wondering what the special circumstance thing is about well, the judge placed it on her so that if California decided to have the death penalty again, she would be the first person on the chopping block. At her sentencing, Larissa's daughter came to speak, saying, quote, You've given up all the rights as a mother, wife, daughter, friend, and woman. You're a disgrace to this family, a pitiful excuse for a human. I pray you're continually haunted at night by the sight and sound of my father fighting for his last breathing moments on this earth. I hope you toss and turn and have horrible nightmares visualizing the horrific act of violence you have committed. End quote. I want to backtrack really quick. In the autopsy of Timothy Schuster, they are not sure if he died from the acid being poured on him. Or from asphyxiation from the fumes. Gotcha. Makes sense. Because it was so... His body had been so deteriorated at that point. Yeah, I guess that was going to be my question of, like, did you get to find out how decomposed, how much did damage did the acid do? How a long? lot. He, was, he wasn't really recognizable as, like, a human. How long was he in the acid barrel before it? Uh, I, I think it was like two weeks before. It's okay. a long time. It is. And how do I, I? I don't know how to put this without it being crass or gross. Well, we're, uh, we're, 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 we're the podcast. We can say whatever the fuck we want. So be crass and gross to give this image. He was like human sludge. He was a sludge monster. That is kind of how the autopsy <laughs> read it. And so that's why they weren't able to determine if it was the acid or the asphyxiation. Oh, because but they... he was still alive when they put him in the barrel. Right, right, right. So, so they, they don't know. They they couldn't determine, like, with his lungs. Normally, that's how you would tell right. us what Be- is it in the lungs. Because he had liquefied so much. Right. And I, I, I say that with the most respect to his family to him like that's that's the best way to put it without being mean about it <laughs> right right so that is the case of larissa schuster and the horrific death of timothy schuster Whew! now that was the case i mean it was the one that it's the first one i wrote in a while how do you think it went yeah i think it went pretty darn good what, what do you think callers let us know right who's the brighter writer it's always you it will always be you <laughs> i do have an update or, well, kind of an update for this case. Oh, okay, okay. What's the update? 
Uh, the only update I have about this case is that Larissa, snake woman, believes she didn't do anything wrong and keeps trying to get the state to give her clemency and have her conviction overturned. She, in an interview, said that she didn't believe she would be here for a long time in prison. Oh, boy. And how many years ago was that now? That was... So she gave... Yeah. She... Girl, you ain't never getting out. You don't deserve to ever get out. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, to me, there's no doubt she's guilty. But, I mean, kind of kudos for her for maintaining her innocence. Because what's the worst is people, the criminals that are, like, the wishy-washy. Oh, yeah, I did it. No, I didn't do it. Right, right. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. She's just like, nope, I didn't do it. He did it. Right. Even though clearly this one is, uh, she fucking did it. Oh, yeah. You know, and I the, the people that I feel worst for are the son and the daughter. The son clearly was put into the situation because the mom wanted, you know, she's like well off. So I don't know why she was being such a. That's what's blowing my mind. This This whole thing, too. And when I say well off, I mean like she had millions of dollars in her savings account type of well off. And she was just wanting to keep harassing her ex-husband right. over petty materialistic things. And to top it off, he she still had life insurance on him. So that's where the whole <laughs> gain of money thing comes in. Sure, sure. Because she went and like sold a bunch of his stuff that she stole from the house that night. That was the second night that she had like robbed him and she like stole stuff that night and sold a bunch of it and you know she was just crazy 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 Uh, fucking sounds crazy oh go ahead no go ahead no what were you gonna say well i was i was gonna say since you wrote the script and we kind of like flip roles should we flip roles on our outtakes sure go ahead oh okay uh let's see so if you or anyone you know is dealing with a mental health crisis or suicidal thoughts Please contact the National Hotline for Mental Health Crisis and Suicide Prevention at 988. Also, I don't know, did we talk about domestic? You, so, I am considering this domestic violence, what she did. <laughs> all right, all right. With the constant threats and the harassing calls, because he was scared enough that he went and got a gun. I, that's true, that's true. And was answering the fucking door with a gun ready to shoot anybody away in his condo. That, that's fair. All right, caller, so if you or anyone that you know is dealing with a domestic violence situation, there's a national hotline for that. Call 800-799-7233 or 800-799-SAFE. You feel better about doing that one? No, I'm going to keep going now. This is kind of fun. <laughs> you can do my lines. All okay. right. Also, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Also, don't forget to follow us on the socials, facebook.com slash callusdead. Follow us on TikTok at calluswindead, where you can see some fun videos of us, or better yet, the cat, Dracarys, the babies, Emma and Regina, or of course, our girls, Lola, Bailey, and Bonnie. Or email us at callusdead at yahoo.com to tell us what you think about... Oh, I see, I fucked it up. I'm not used to doing this part. That's why I felt kind of weird doing your part. Tell us what you thought about this case, ask questions, suggest some cases, or just say hi. Also, if any of you callers would like to give us a sh- would like to give a shout out or shout us out, fuck, I don't care. Shout <laughs> anybody out, shout them out from the top of the world. Let us know. But until then, remember to stay strong, do everything with love. No, there's always hope. And if you forget, you can always 
Call Call us when when you're dead. dead.